making brands and sales of SA's entertainment industry. Business of Entertainment with Martin Myers on K-Talk. On K-Talk. Good evening and welcome to Cape Talk, the business of entertainment. It's just past 9 p.m. on a Thursday and it's our time to dive into the machine that makes the entertainment magic happen with me, your host Martin Myers. I look forward to welcoming you into my world of the business of entertainment for the next 30 minutes. So stay tuned. We promise you won't be disappointed if you're invested in the same way we are. We bring in guests to have a fireside chat to talk about what they are doing in the business of entertainment to inspire and influence us all. If you're new to the broadcast, we're here to talk about the business side of the entire entertainment space for the next 30 minutes. You can always WhatsApp us on on 072-567-1567 or you can tweet us at Cape Talk. And on this Thursday night, it's a beautiful Thursday evening. The weather seems to be changing and moving towards summer. And I've got a dear friend, someone I've known for, and he sent me a lovely biog. His name is Ryan Frieda. He says he's been working in the music, car, journalism space, but his first love is cricket. And that's what we're here to talk about tonight. As you may well know, the Indian national cricket side is on our shores in South Africa. And I wanted to unpack something that I think very few South Africans understand, the power of global cricket. And here's someone who's been integrally involved Writing for it for the last 17 years. He also cut his teeth on rugby, but it's not rugby season, it's cricket season. So, Ryan, it's a great honor and privilege to have you in studio. My friend, we've talked many a time at a press box, but you have you here to do a deep dive conversation about cricket and the power of cricket. I'm going to use one word, my friend, and then open it up to you. Sure. India. How powerful are they? Evening, Mark. Before I get to our powerful India, um, yeah, it's an honor to be here. It's an honor. Thank you. It's, it's been a while in the making. And it so, uh, so it's an honor to be here. India, incredibly powerful. Um, exponentially more powerful than any other cricket nation in the world. Um, effectively control global cricket. Um, and that's because of their economic might. And we'll get into the details around that. Um, but the IPL is their golden child. It's, uh, it's allowed Indian cricket to move from a state of um, servitude um, to a state of kingship. And, um, and I, I mean, there's ways I can see that stopping that we'll get into. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this point, the economic might is unparalleled. Even by the big cricketing nations in the world, England, Australia, they bow to India's will. And, um, and yeah, just an incredible economic power. You mentioned the IPL. Now, that's over a six-week period that yes. runs in India, across the entire subcontinent in India, playing to massive crowds in the stadiums. They pick players from all over the world and pay extraordinary money. Am I right? Correct. Correct. So, um yeah, so let me let me give an example. Maybe maybe for your listeners, um, this in illustration kind of lands with them. So when we speak about extraordinary money, it is truly extraordinary. The, the elite players in the world are paid in ways that your average human cannot conceive. Let's talk about one of our own, Kahiso Rabada. Rabada's last contract 
um, in the IPL, when you break it down, is valued at 48,000 rand per ball, Martin. 48,000 rand per ball. <laughs> and in the IPL, it's 20 over cricket, so he's bowling, what, four overs, am I right, in a he's, game? He can bowl a maximum of four overs in a game. That's 24 um, balls. 24 balls at 48,000 rand per ball. I went to art school. I dropped out of, uh, <laughs> they kicked me out of mathematics when I was there. So you, you and your listeners can do, uh, can do the math. But, um, but he gets paid 48,000 rand per ball. And this is, I mean, here's the kicker. He isn't the most, he isn't the highest paid player in the IPL. I mean, that, that belongs to Virat Kohli. Um, Shubman Gill is not far behind. There's a couple of guys that are paid more than Kakis Robada. He only bowls, Martin. If any runs he scores, he's a bonus. <laughs> if, the, if the ball happens to come in the air to him, they expect him to catch it. And it's also not a train smash if he doesn't. He's 48,000 rand secured every time he runs up to ball. So you get an idea of why more and more the landscape is changing in cricket. Young players coming through now don't aspire to play test cricket. They want to get onto the IPL circuit. We've got a we've got a brilliant young kid in South Africa here called Diawald Brevis, um, who who's an exceptionally good um, limited overs cricketer, and um, and people you know people talk about him wanting should he, he should aspire to play Test cricket, etc. etc. I mean, if yeah, people's motivations are different, but if you were if you were a kid in that situation, all you'd want to do is sign um, T Twenty contracts and travel the circuit around the world. And play for three hours a night, every third night, um, and go home and go and lounge on a yacht in St. Bart's, and uh, that's your lifestyle. So, it's an incredibly lucrative career path. I mean, the Indian national side are in the country at the moment. They're playing some tests, some one-day games, and then a couple of T20 games and that. It's massive for the Western Cape economy and for the businesses of entertainment. You can either go to a show, a concert, or you can spend your money and go to Newlands or the Wanderers to go and watch them play. Do the powers that be actually worry about that the stadium needs to be full? Because the TV revenue must be extraordinary you've, wherever they go. Yeah, you've hit the nail on the head there. So, um, so a couple of months ago uh, was the the ODI World Cup, right? Um, there was a big hoo-ha about the amount of people that were in the stadium for the opening game. That stadium seats 132,000 people. I mean, if I were to estimate, there was a maximum of 20,000 there. So the BCCI, who control cricket in India and globally, um, don't actually care about who sells, how many tickets they sell for a World Cup game or any game thereafter. Their, their golden goose is broadcasting rights. So for, for the listeners that maybe don't understand um, how this works, so the BCCI are the owners of the IPL. And that ownership allows them then to sell broadcasting rights to various broadcasters throughout the world. So uh, the last time I checked, they, they were selling to, I think it was 32 markets globally. And those broadcasting rights don't come cheap. Mm. So for Supersport, for example, to buy broadcasting rights um, to the IPL so that they can screen it to their audience would cost them in the hundreds of millions um, of rands. And, um, and so the BCCI, like I alluded to earlier, the BCCI don't care how many tickets they sell. 
at a World Cup opening game because from an economic standpoint, they've been paid. Any ticket revenue that comes from any revenue that comes from ticket sales goes directly to the host franchise or the host stadium, whatever you want to call it. So from from an economic perspective, the BCCI don't care if you sell two tickets, if you sell twenty tickets, twenty thousand tickets. And um, and so broadcasting rights is is the currency, is the main source of income for these big organizations. And um, and so and and in, in many ways the host union is left at their mercy. So they've got to market the game. BCCI aren't interested in marketing the game. The host union have to market the game. They've got to market ticket sales. They've got to market hospitality. All of those elements that would generate revenue for them and make it worthwhile hosting an event so that they don't run at a loss, that is entirely on them. Now, the Indian side are here. The biggest star is Virat Kohli. I think on, on Twitter or X or whatever you call it now, Elon Musk's plaything, he has like 50 million followers. Is he the poster child of world cricket and particular, particularly Indian cricket? Certainly Indian cricket. Um, and from a global perspective, he is most likely the most recognizable name in cricket. So, I mean, Virat Kohli, we, we spoke about, about Kahis Robada's um, IPL contract early on. Um, it's speculated that Virat Kohli earns double that. Um, and, and, and here's the thing, he's a specialist batter, right? Mm. I mean, he's a great fielder, good leader, mm. but he's a specialist batter. And I can almost assure you that, um, that RCB, which is the franchise that he plays for, makes back threefold what they pay him in his contract just from his brand presence. Having Virat Kohli as a player that represents your franchise is... It's, it's almost immeasurable from a, from a, a brand value perspective. And, um, and so, yes, Virat Kohli is, is the poster child for cricket in India. He advertises everything from tires. Mart, he's, his bat sponsor, so to speak, is a tire company. He's got <laughs> stickers from MRF, which is a tire company, yeah. um, on his bat. He, he advertises everything from tires to head and shoulder shampoo. He is the guy you go to if you want to move product in India. And globally. Who, who is the poster child for um, South African cricket that young kids listening at home now would go, oh, dad, mom, that's the guy I really want to meet. That's the autograph I really want. So <clears throat> I think that's a hard one because we're so bad with our, with, our, with our marketing and our building of personal brand profiles for individual players we're just so far behind the rest of the world as far as that's concerned but a guy like Quentin de Kock um has probably held that that position for the longest time now he's at the end of his career he's just retired from ODI cricket I don't know how much long he's going to play T20 cricket for he doesn't play test cricket anymore and hasn't since 2019 um but if you're looking at the next guy I I think it's Aiden Markram mm -hmm. so Aiden Markram mm -hmm is a phenomenal white ball cricketer. So when I say white ball cricketer for your audience, that's 50 over cricket and T20 cricket. And T20 cricket is where he really excels. And, um, and so he's the guy, he's, he's box office. He's the guy that hits 85 meter sixes, 90 meter sixes, um, a phenomenal fielder, and a really good looking guy as well. And I say this because we're speaking about the business of entertainment. His marketability is through the roof. 
You, you mentioned earlier we don't quite seem to cut it correctly in terms of marketing the player as a brand for post-match dinners, conferences, etc. Is that an area that needs working on to get mom and dad and the young kid at home to go down to Newlands or the Wanderers and watch cricket while this team is in this country? Because you've mentioned iconic players, but I mentioned straight off the bat, I know Virat Kohli. Yeah. I couldn't mention who the iconic South African player is. That's why I defer to you. And yeah. if you're just tuning in, I'm chatting to Ryan Frieda, um, South African cricket journalist and sports commentator and opinion shaper for the last 17 years we've been friend and we friends and we're deep diving into the business of entertainment and particularly what cricket means over this December January period because there's so much available to you and there's an iconic team in this country absolutely and um, you know Mark like it, it really it really hurts me when I when I go to Newlands which by all accounts is the most beautiful cricket stadium in the world I've been to I've been to most of the big ones so Lords uh, MCG, SCG. Um, I haven't been to any of the Indian cricket stadiums, but Newland stands apart um, as the preeminent cricket venue in the world. And that's agreed upon by local and international cricketers alike. The opportunity to shape an amazing cricket experience e at Newlands is... It's, it's like through the roof. But what we need to for that to happen is some innovative thinking, some an entrepreneurial instinct, um, somebody that has in your marketing department or your PR department that, that has the finger on, their pul on the pulse of, of culture um, and to understand how to engage the audience. When we speak about the audience, the, the people that buy tickets. That, you and me who's yeah, buying exactly. a ticket to go and sit exactly. there for a day. How to engage the audience in meaningful ways. When you walk out of there, whether you've paid 50 Rand for your ticket or whether you've paid 500 Rand for your ticket, you want to walk out of there going, I've had an experience. It's like going for a beautiful dinner at one of Cape Town's um, prestigious fine, fine yeah, fine yeah. You You walk out of there going like, ah, I understand the value of what just happened. I mean... All I know, and, and I've been often, and I can't tell you much about cricket. Um, I see the guy bowl, and I see the guy hit the ball out the ground. You know, I've got my heroes, whether it's Brian, Charles, Lara, or <laughs> Michael Holding, etc. Yeah. But across from Newlands, because we are Cape Talk, there's a parking lot where you park at Krutuskia Field. Yep. Surely you could turn that into wonderful breakfast, hospitality, come down at 8 a.m., get ex-cricketers, the Omar Henrys of the world, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, Brian McMillan, Gary Kirsten, whoever, to come and talk, to come and set up the day, get the Indian commentators to come in and talk. You see Pollock walking around the field and talking about the pitch report, etc., etc. I hear exactly what you're saying. We're not doing enough to make it that big day out that you want to come for five days for a test. Absolutely. You've, that's completely spot on. I, I think of an idea, for instance, the kids, the kids these days that are, playing, that are playing cricket are captured by the idea of hitting long sixes, for example. So why not bring out a simulator, similar to the golf simulators mm. that, that, you know, where people, people strike the ball and then it tells you it's gone 250 meters or whatever the case may be. The kids would, that would be an absolutely, that thing would be swamped. Like you wouldn't be able to get your kid there because the line would be that long, yeah. right? So I'm just like spitballing ideas here, but it's it's along the same 
kind of thinking that you've raised now is your in-stadium experience needs to be premium. Um, we spoke in the past about uh, an experience that I had. I went in 2016. I went to watch the New York Giants NFL um, team. New York Giants play Tom Brady's Patriots mm. um, at MetLife Stadium, and that's in, in Jersey. That's like a good hour out of New York. It's a, it's a travel. It's Two an experience. Two hours of New York traffic. <laughs> and, um, you know, that game lasted, if my memory serves, three and a half hours. There's so many stoppages in that game. They refer umpires and referees, refer decisions. They've got to look at the big city. That game lasted three and a half hours. But it felt like it, I blinked and it was over. That's because when those in-game stoppages are happening, there's something happening in the stadium, whether it be a marching band from a HSBCU. Um, or, for instance, the Giants came out to Empire State of Mind from Jay-Z, yeah. a New York native, Alicia Keys, a New York native, and Odell Beckham came out. There was there were fireworks everywhere, and he came out to New York State of Mind. I lost my mind. Mm -hmm. I was I was I was caught up, mm. and now I'm an NFL fan for life. Now, just to dial back, how many years ago was that? That is 2016. Now you're remembering it like yesterday. Correct. Have you got an experience with all your years that you've been writing cricket of a similar proportion? in South African stadiums? My answer to you is probably no. No, I don't. And it's a sad fact. And um, I'd, love, I'd love that experience. So, the, you know, my, my, all my memories of cricket, um, you know, obviously I've covered all of the big tests that have happened here, England, India, over the years. I've been in the press box. And, and when I haven't been working, my best memories at cricket have been with my mates, mm -hmm. having a beer at Castle Corner, and um and just having fun but none of them are linked to my to an engineered experience that the western Browns cricket association has put on to 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 actively and purposefully engage me right that none of that has happened am i right it's not a price sensitive point if the experience is good enough the client is willing to pay i would happily pay x amount to sit and have dinner and listen to Michael Holding tell stories and yeah. sign his book or listen to Ricky Ponting or Michael Atherton or the late great Shane Warne, etc. That's not happening here. Is it just these massive missed opportunities? I think it is. And, and I think it's a lack of innovative thought from the marketing. You know, people in the commercial department are missing great opportunities here. The, I mean, cricket in Cape Town in summer is the perfect opportunity. The weather is great until 8.30 at night. Think the sun comes up at 5.30 in the morning. There's, there's a period prior to the test or, or one day game or whatever the event is, there's a period prior to that and the, there's a period post that that leaves, like I mean, like the, the opportunities are endless. And it doesn't necessarily need to be on the pitch. It can be everything around the pitch, around the facilities that are there. Am I right? Because that's, that I can see one of the listeners going, yes, but cricket needs to be played on the pitch. Yes, we know that, but it's what's around. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and again, I'm taken back to a personal experience that I've had. I've, uh, I'm a long-suffering Liverpool fan. <laughs> In, um, a couple of years ago, I, uh, the only ticket available to me was a hospitality, was a hospitality, a hospitality ticket to, um, to watch 
um, Liverpool play a Europa League game at Anfield. Mm. Mark, the experience that, that I got with, I mean, when I think back now, I think that ticket cost me maybe five and a half thousand rand, right? Which, which, which I felt was expensive at the time. It is. But I got picked up from I got picked up from the the, the apartment I was staying at um, by a Liverpool um, team bus. In that bus was an ex-Liverpool player, and he was regaling us with stories of his time playing and just in a very informal way. Escorted up to to the lounge where we had dinner. Everything was paid for. Old Liverpool games were playing on on the screen. Post that there was a uh, a talk by. Um, King Kenny Daglish um, doesn't about, get better. No, and um, and you talk about price sensitivity. That that five thousand five hundred rand felt like five hundred rand to me because of the value that was attached to that experience. And um, and I can't say it enough. Like we we really missing an opportunity in one of the world's great cities at one of the world's great cricket venues. There's so much opportunity that we haven't exploited. Is it changeable? These salient points that you are bringing across so eloquently of your lived experience, mm. can it be changed? Perhaps not now while the team is here, but for future test matches and, and events at um, Newlands Cricket Ground. Certainly, it can be changed to the extent that there's an appetite for change, right? And, there's, um, and that there's a mind, shit, <laughs> a mind shift um, in this area. And, um, you know... I've got I've got friends that work in, in quite senior positions in marketing um, at big corporations um, around the company around the country, and um, you know a, a friend was sharing with me this uh, this this idea that was pitched to them by their agency um, to repackage um, this famous rotisserie chicken mm. um, that's uh, that's I mean everyone would know, and um, and the first idea was uh, you know there was there was this idea to take all of these tweets that were on Twitter about the rotisserie chicken, um, like singing the praises, people singing the praises of the rotisserie chicken, explaining what they would do to get the rotisserie chicken. And some of it was hilarious and gold and beautifully eloquent. And, um, and um, the, the plan was to actually print all of these tweets on the bag that the rotisserie chicken comes in. And I thought it was a brilliant idea. And she said that, you know, they... They they moved elsewhere. They they went with a probably more conservative um, approach, and um, and that is that's kind of reflective of where our marketing and our entertainment mindset is at this point. Is that there's a pragmatic, almost conservative approach um, to the way we to the way we solve these problems. Because you're, com you're competing. A test match happens on a Sunday, so you can either go to Newlands or you can go to Kirstenbosch or any of the other concert venues that are doing things. The bang for buck is difficult. The economy is still quite constrained with extra spending income for, frankly, luxuries. It is a luxury to go to cricket. It's a luxury to go to a concert and that. Um, how do you encourage young people to say, hang on, um, let's go to Newlands because those iconic players are here. I mean, how often does India come to South Africa in terms of this world test thing that they so heavily control <laughs> yeah. and, and with the, the firepower that they have with the IPL? They, <clears throat> India, England and Australia 
play amongst themselves. They they like the they like the cool kids of cricket, <laughs> right? <laughs> They're the cool kids of cricket, and um, and that's all based around economic might, right? Those are the those are the richest um, cricketing nations in the world, and at this point, they don't care what anyone else thinks, and so they play amongst each other all the time. Um, just last year, the Ashes happened, so that's um, Australia versus England in a five-match test series, and then there was a five-match ODI series and a similarly long um, T20 series, and um, and then England went to Australia and played five ODIs. So they just play amongst each other all the time. So what you're saying is absolutely spot on, that <clears throat> to capitalize on an opportunity like India coming to Cape Town, and I think I think. In many ways, the Western Province Cricket Association are spoiled because there's a culture of watching cricket in Cape Town. People will go out and fill stadiums irrespective of who comes here. If Pakistan comes, if Sri Lanka comes here, Newlands will be full because it's a day out. There's a culture. People have done that for generation upon generation. The problem comes elsewhere in South Africa. In Durban, they can't, they can't get... It's it's, rat, it's rats and mice running around that stadium. <laughs> exactly. In, at Centurion, in Pretoria, at the Wanderers, unless it's a weekend, um, they're, not, they're not filling the stadiums. Cape Town, day one to five, sold out. Mm. But so, so nationally, beyond Cape Town, there's, there's a big issue. And, and I think that's where the focus needs to be. And in many ways, Western Province is spoiled by not having to do anything to get people to the stadium. And so, so I mean, that conditions your mind to go like, ah, we don't actually have to think innovatively about everything else around this. But in time, you were talking about competition to, to the cricket, Kirstenbosch, the beaches, etc. There's internal competition in cricket. Soon people are not going to want to watch test cricket anymore. They're just going to want to watch T20 cricket. Hang on, hang on. Do you realize you've been here for nearly 25 minutes? I'm chatting to Ryan Freira, who's talking about cricket and bringing up some amazing points because the Indian national cricket team are in South Africa at the moment. You please have to come back next week because we have to unpack. I think what happens after the Indian side leaves, there's this thing that Graham Smith set up, which ran last year, which I don't quite understand. Um, Cape Town teams are being named and sponsored by Indian cricket sides. I know because I drove past the one hotel just opposite the St. George's, and I think they hired half the hotel. Yeah. must have been one of the big Indian sides yeah. staying there. So no money. There's no cash shortage here. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing that Graham Smith put together. So I'd love right. you to come back next week and, and, and unpack that, to, um, do a deep dive to show the might of what India has created and then I've got another question for you to think of before you come back next week the power of the Saudis yeah I've got a funny feeling they're going to get involved in cricket (laughs) they're sponsoring F1 all over the place I think Armco is their 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 big soft power they've done it with golf is it not a possibility to do it in the middle of the desert? It don't rain there. And if it does, you can put a roof over the place. Right. So you can have or cricket air conditioning non-stop. like they've done at the Qatar World Cup. Yeah, <laughs> so that's true. I'd love to come back and talk about those things. Thank you. Well, you are. Yeah. Well, just to close off what you were saying now, that, that internal competition in terms of cricket, it's T20, it's the 50-over game, and it's test cricket. Mm-hmm. Can they all survive in this fast-paced economy that we now live in? I think from my perspective, no. 
um, I think ODI cricket is um, is on life support. Um, you know, certainly during during the the ODI World Cup wasn't helped by the fact that the Rugby World Cup ran it simultaneously, and South Africa made it deep into that tournament, and um, and so, but. I'd, I'd suggest that even if the Rugby World Cup wasn't happening at the same time, that the level of interest in ODI cricket would be negligible. And so I don't see a future for ODI cricket. Um, I, think, I think if one of the three formats are, are going to go, it's that. It certainly won't be T20 cricket. Test cricket's got a place. Um, I think it would change. The, te- the face of test cricket is going to change slightly in the years to come, but that that won't be a fundamental change to the rules. I think it's just the approach to test cricket is going to be more entertaining. We see that already with the way England play. And um, and so the rest of the world is going to follow suit. So test cricket as a product is going to get better. T20 cricket as a product will continue to grow. But ODI is kind of in that gray area where you just like, I don't see a future for it. It's been absolutely thrilling having you in here for the last 30 minutes, Ryan. Um, Letting rip in such an eloquent way with such wonderful points for us to all to consider. And I look forward to welcoming you back next week. Because my first question is Graham Smith. Yeah. He must have a bit of power in this business of entertainment. From myself, Martin Myers, it's been an absolute joy on this wonderful Thursday evening. No big jackets required. And remember, you can always go back and look on the podcast channel on Cape Talk and see all the other previous interviews that we've done with people from across the entertainment spectrum. So from myself, good night. Making brands and sense of SA's entertainment industry. Business of Entertainment with Martin Myers on K Talk. On K Talk.